Welcome to Launchpad Learning, the podcast providing a space for education and education about space. I'm your host, Fahim Nasser, and I'm joined by the CEO and founder of Luna Space, Mirko Viviano. Together, we want to help space enthusiasts like yourself learn more about the universe we live in. So whether you're just curious about space or you're an aspiring astronaut, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode six. And yeah, how are you doing, Mirko? Hi. Hello, episode six. I can't believe it. I know, right? It's flying Uh, by. But yeah, I'm feeling very good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, I am excited because I think Mm -hmm. we have some really good things today. And, you know, as we always like to kick things off, you know, we want to get straight into it. What is it that we have in the space industry? Come on, give us our give us our weekly dose of space industry news. Yeah, so two crazy space news. The first one is NASA's mission, Osiris-Rex, has finally came back from Astrid Bennu with a sample of rocks. That is mind-blowing, and I'm going to explain that in a minute. And second news of today is that the James Webb Space Telescope has detected carbon on Europa, one on Jupiter's moons, which could hint to life on the moon, but we're not very sure. We'll see. So Interesting. Yeah, so back to Bennu. That was a very ambitious mission in collaboration with so many other organizations and companies and such. And so NASA planned a mission to an asteroid. NASA went to an asteroid. They basically orbited the asteroid, then landed on the on the on, on Bennu, the asteroid, and collected. Wait, some so this is a Armageddon situation going on over here? Did, it, did they take almost, a drill with them? <laughs> But the difficult part is not just that it's a moon or a planet that you got like dynamic. Well, I'm not going to go into the complicated stuff, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier on other planets or on the moon, for example. But an asteroid, it's small. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they and landed... it's moving like in different directions, no? Uh, what is this? Well, yeah, kinda. I mean, things are still following like a path. Yeah. Um, an orbit. So Ben is still in a very elliptical orbit and it's mm-hmm. quite, you know, it's, it's fine. However, so for some asteroids, for example, if you go too much into, uh, in, you land on the asteroid with too much speed, for example, you mm-hmm. might destabilize it. it. It could be complicated. But oh, wow. anyway, that was successful. They landed, they collected some rocks and they shoot it. The small capsule, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, uh, back to yeah. Earth. And it arrived on the 24th of September, 2023. That was such a successful mission. It's incredible. And now NASA is about to open the, um, this huge kind of capsule thing. And, uh, sorry, the, uh, scientists, uh, astrobiologists, I think, Mm -hmm. astrochemists and these kind of people. Sorry, I'm not really aware of that branch of science um they're gonna study these rocks and uh it's okay neither am i you're forgiven (laughs) i'm more into the engineering part yeah of course um however the second big news of today is that the james webb space telescope has detected carbon on europa now does that mean that we have life uh, what what does that mean i I don't know i mean again i'm just an engineer i'm not really sure but we know that carbon is very common when it comes to life we produce carbon as well and carbon is essential to organic matter or organic chemistry is made of carbon 
So potentially, could this could mean that it's life in the universe outside of us, but I, I wouldn't bet on it right okay, now. Okay, so why is this news? So why is James uh, Webb Space Telescope detecting, you know, the first evidence of carbon? Why is that news? Well, because it's not very common to find carbon. Um, well, in in that in those quantities in in the atmosphere, so that gives us a hint that potentially there's life. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do right now is just going back to the data and do more observations and see is there actually life there? We can we do something about it? If yeah, you know, cool, there's life. If not, well, let's try again somewhere else. But also we know that there's water on Europa. So, you know, uh, there's so many answers to this question. It's so water, carbon, there's so, so there's a lot of things that potentially indicate life. We're not out here, mm. like, trying to announce that we found life on Jupiter. Let me just no, put that caveat not. in there. But what's cool and why this is awesome news is the fact that, you know, we are able to detect these um, materials, yep. uh, I want to say, um, and and you know we can learn more about the universe around us and think about mm -hmm. you know jupiter is not the closest planet either so that's exactly. pretty cool for us to find that out um yeah. and just bringing it back to the um asteroid that you mentioned uh i just want to give mm -hmm. the listeners some context why it's important that we understand the space news and what's happening in history what would you say is is the reason why that's news like why is it cool that we managed to you know uh, not destabilize a um asteroid while landing on it and taking some rocks like you know for anyone you know why why should i care why should i care about we've got some rocks from asteroid um yeah so the main reason behind this is that because we can now study these rocks and we can understand more about the formation of planets and moons and uh, stars and overall the entire universe um collecting samples from other bodies in the solar system will help us understand how things evolve and um, how perhaps life evolves yeah. maybe we can find some some elements of life in these rocks it's unlikely but you never know this there, there could be so many potential answers once again um but the main answer is understand more about us about the environment we live in and how mm -hmm. the solar system evolved but also the universe how that evolved why are we here we need to answer these questions and we need everything possible including samples from an asteroid yeah so you, so essentially it's just another cool way that we are investigating and learning about the universe um yeah. the things within it how it was established how it works and just understanding where we are okay so i find that really interesting and why i find that interesting is because it's getting me thinking about the next thing that we want to discuss and the reason why it's got me thinking about the next thing that we discuss is that i think that like even now knowing successfully people have gone to space and returned i feel like i would feel a lot of anxiety or stress or be like oh like do i want to do this like uh, yeah. you know what could happen and you know it could be quite worrying and some like it makes me think about the first time that someone you know actually went into space and you know actually had that first space walk um 
and yeah like i just think that what must have been going through their mind but like i think you want to give us some context around that first and then i just yeah i just the more we explore and i know it's like become safer and more reliable but still for anyone who's thinking yeah. about it and like you know they i i hear what you're saying when when you may be worried about the um you know the realities of it but what would you what what are you going to tell our listeners about today with it with our space first because um there's someone yeah. who took that brave first step right very brave very very brave um alexei um leonov a cosmonaut who on march 18th 1965 completed the human's first spacewalk that was right. And you, you said cosmonaut. Sorry, Michael. For anyone yeah. who doesn't know what a cosmonaut is, okay. cosmonaut is basically uh, an astronaut, but for the Russians, or in this case, for the Soviet Union. So you have astronauts who are like people who go to space. You got cosmonauts who are people who go to space. You got the cosmonaut for the for the Chinese. So depending on where in the world you're coming from, you just have different names. Really, uh, it's just a um, another name to say an astronaut so they're so, all astronauts it's just about where they've come from yeah so it's just that the russians called them cosmonauts yeah yeah awesome yeah sorry continue yeah. so you were talking about alexei yeah and he went to space uh as part of the uh vosto vos vos sorry Voskhod mission program it was the second mission of the program and he became the first person to ever go to space outside of a spacecraft completed... <laughs> that, that, that is so brave because i just sometimes i think about even now like yeah. you know i'd yeah. be worried to get detached from the <laughs> detached from the spacecraft in some way that, and just float float off to the that, end of that the was possible but that is still possible today yeah you, that could happen to astronauts or cosmonauts right now on on yeah. the ISS performing um extravehicular activities is the yeah. uh the the name of it but we can call them um spacewalks yeah um, it could happen that you just you know you just start floating in space and it could be a problem however right now is a lot more secure back then yeah. in the during these first missions uh, it was a very high risk um, there wasn't really much mitigation uh, it was a lot more different than now now we we do security we take security and safety very very se seriously and we want to make sure that astronauts and people who perform all these kind of sorts jobs in space are actually safe and can come back to earth very you know say definitely but the thing is is that there has to be that first pioneer there has to be that first person exactly, to yeah. to do and that and i know a lot I of the, these of yeah and i know a lot of these are like in the context of the cold war space race you know yeah. uh politics impacts a lot of these things you know in yeah. life even now but um what i find really interesting is that it was only their second attempt um i mm. think that that's where it's like they really went for it and they, they wanted to, I know they wanted to test quite a few things. So, you know, yeah. I would have thought that like, you know, oh, there's been like 10 tests before, you know, <laughs> like someone oh. actually ventured out. But the fact that it was just, just the second uh, Vosgod one uh, mission, yeah, I no, thought that was really interesting. You're right. But 
bear in mind that the, the, the Soviet Union had won so many battles within the space race during the, the, the space race. Um, so they were, they were the first ones to launch a man to space. The first woman in space was a cosmonaut. Um, yep. they've done so many good stuff. And the first satellite in space was the, Sp uh, the Sputnik one, which was a Russia Soviet Union one. So they had very much experience and good also heritage of space, space missions. They knew how to do stuff. However, just the security part was not that clear. Uh, but I mean, I'm also blaming the Americans during the Apollo missions. They, they sent astronauts to the moon without even caring about their health or are they coming back to earth? Maybe, maybe not. We don't really care. We want to win these battles. So, yeah. mm, you know, it was, well, not, um, it was there's a lot that can be said about the space race, right? And, yeah. um, the politics involved, but you yeah, know, we've done so much back then, but also we've yeah. overlooked so much more. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, with learning, you always like hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So mm. I think that probably people were so fixated on, you know, achieving yeah. their aims that uh, maybe some of these things were overlooked. And now we have a lot more context as well. But um, speaking of context, uh, I want to move on to our mission explain section, because I know that mm. um, you have something really interesting where you're going to really break down a mission um, for our audience, which is uh, going to give them some context to some uh, to to an interesting mission. Sure. So our mission for today is the NASA, ESA, and so ESA is the European Space Agency, NASA is NASA, and there's also the ASI, which is the Italian Space Agency. Um, these mm -hmm. three agencies developed a mission called uh, Cassini-Huygens, the, with the main purpose of going to Saturn. We know that um, the mission was launched in 1997. I always found Saturn to be the coolest planet. I don't know why, because it has rings around it. Mm -hmm. I've always been obsessed with it. I thought it's the coolest planet. What do you think the coolest planet is? Jupiter. Jupiter, why? It's, it's so the big. King of, it's huge. It's massive. It's a death, a, a dead machine, a death machine. Like it's, come on. Is it also? Yeah, I don't know. I think Saturn is so cool. Like just the rings that. around it. Uh, I mean, no, it's ju I mean, Saturn is cool, but also yeah. Jupiter has rings, if you didn't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but not as yeah. cool as Saturn's, right? Because they're not as obvious. But how, how come they have rings? I, I mean... The... Okay, because this is a really favorite subject of mine, I want to do okay. an episode where we discuss Saturn and why it has rings and, okay. you know, why the planets look mm -hmm. like they do. And we will do that. But, uh, yeah, send us your questions uh uh, listeners, yeah, uh, we'll let us know. We, we'll we'll have a planet explained. Why do they look the way they do? Episode, mm. um, but yeah. Sorry, you were telling us um, about this uh, mission. Yeah, yes, but Jupiter is the best. Um, so Saturn, <laughs> basically, uh, so all these space agencies was wanted to study Saturn, the rings, which is the Saturn. best. Yeah. Well, uh, we have. <laughs> stunning pictures stunning photos from this mission and the public was so like the, what's going on is this Saturn we've never yeah. seen it before like this so good quality and uh, you know yeah. the, the public was all, all over the, the place that were you know uh, but, I mean I get them imagine seeing Saturn for the first time ever 
it must be yeah. it must be something but the context mm. about this around this mission was that it was the end of the cold war and the collapse of the soviet union mm. so there was a on in on the air there was some kind of optimism international cooperation uh, between companies and between space agencies that is why this mission comprises of main, the three of the main space agencies around the world. There was so much money involved as well. And it was the first time we reached so far distant from Earth. It was the very first time we reached Saturn because we had reached, um, we, have, we had launched in 1977 these Voyager probes, mm. but they were just being sent outside and, you know, we do have we did have goals and objectives with these missions, but with 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 um, Cassini Huggins, we wanted to study our solar system. We wanted to understand what's going on in our solar system and how did we evolve, how life evolved. It's always the same questions that thrive, and you know, that will always be there until one day we actually be able to answer these questions. So they. So yeah, and I was just yeah. going to say, so this mission's purpose was to understand, like, what well, was to give us imagery of Saturn, to, to like, explore that far. And so we hadn't so, explored mm -hmm. that far before that, or? So the main mission, was, the main objective was to understand more about Saturn, how the, mm. how the rings evolved and how they formed, mm. but also how is it possible that a planet how so far away from us mm. can, you know, have 80 moons and what are the moons made of are they icy how many moons? moons yeah 70 80 or something but also jupiter so it's not special so okay <laughs> again sorry to yeah. be sidetracked okay. because that was my like... fun fact but yeah, i'm i want to wait, show so you now how many moons do we have like uh, in our solar system so like in, if we in, went through all of them system. right so if we start yeah so let's start with each um each planet mm. and how many moons? About if you don't 100... know this off by heart, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it again if you want. I'm, I'm going at, to uh, later day. I'm, I'm we'll to make a video it. about it because I think it's really cool. Yeah. Go yeah. For it. So it should so, be about hundred. Right. I know we have one. I know we have one. Yeah, and for many years there was yeah. people thinking we have more, but that's another yeah. story for another day. Yeah. Okay. I was I was yeah. low key expecting you to be like, well, actually we have like, <laughs> but um, okay, right. good to know. We definitely have one. Okay, yeah. So we got one there. Then, so apparently in the solar system, there's two hundred and ninety seven moons. Two hundred ninety seven. So, yeah. Wow. And how many planets in total? So if we divide that, eight. yeah, eight. So yeah. 296, not... let me quickly just work that out. Let me do some quick maths. Um, mm -hmm. 298, did you say? Uh, seven. 298, but, I mean... seven divided by eight. So on average, a planet has 37 moons. So... Yes, but Jupiter, so Jupiter and Saturn have about 80 each. Okay, so they're really up in yeah. the average, okay. Mm. And um, Mars has three, two or three. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, okay. We're going to do an explainer video where we just go through 
each planet, mm-hmm. how many moons it has, and then total them at the end. Okay, yeah. yeah let's do let's that. Let's do that. But yeah. yeah. So they went to discover Saturn. What were the discoveries? Mm. What was the outcome then? They find out so much. So for, for Titan, for example, we found out about the atmosphere that is very thick and could potentially host life. In fact, for many years, the public and scientists were thinking we had life, there was life on Titan. And also the public, there was comics and there was um, newspaper things about Titan. Um, it was really, really interesting. Like there's still on Google, you can find um, newspaper, comics. It was so good. I think there was also some videos, some films, but I'm not too sure. Um, But we also find out Enceladus, which is another moon of Saturn. But basically it's got on the south pole of the moon, there's a geyser, which ejects like vapor and so much stuff into the atmosphere, well, into the ecosystem of Saturn. Um, why is that happening? What's going on there? Well, we're not very sure, you know, we're still investigating because Saturn is very far away. So it is it is difficult to launch things that far and to make calculations, estimations, and also perform analysis when things are that far away. Yeah. But we're still doing our businesses, so don't worry about it. We'll so, can I can I ask another side question? Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, did they know about the many moons when they went for this mission? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. the moons you can see them with a, a quite powerful telescope. You can see really? moons okay. like that. I did not know that. Um, yeah, you can see them visually but you can also um, see them in radio telescopes which is a little bit different so the way we find out about moons is very fascinating because imagine this is a planet okay and imagine this is a moon okay i mean the same size so it's a little wouldn't work but imagine yeah i was thinking like how do you differentiate so yeah go on yeah Imagine you have a planet and you have a star that is a little smaller than the planet. Mm-hmm. Imagine that the um, the you are observing the planet, okay, and you see that it's emitting light. Well, it's reflecting light from the sun in this case. Yeah. Once the moon crosses and goes past the planet in front between the camera and the planet, yeah. you see a deep in the light reflected. Yeah. And if you see that periodically, let's say every 365 years or every five days, you can assume it is a, pla- a planet a and a star, or oh, sorry, in a, in a moon orbiting yeah. around the planet. That is how we figure that out with numbers. Yeah. So you're tracking so you the really... planets or you're seeing stars and, and you're like, okay, if this dips or like has a consistent, yeah. you know, where this, what you could potentially see next to it, like you know comes in front of it essentially a clips of some sort you would then exactly yeah, yeah. okay and that also That's, works that is such a fun out. fact sorry yeah hmm. and we also do the same principle uh for to find planets around stars but we observe the star and the star is emitting light but when the planet is passing in front of it then the light will, will dim a little bit and there will be an eclipse kind of thing 
and we can detect that there's a planet. Also, okay, uh, another question that this has just made me think of is how do we observe the sun if, we, like, you know, we shouldn't really look at it, right? Like, how are we observing them through those telescopes? Right. No, you're actually very right. Never look at this, the sun with your bare eyes, but yeah. also with sunglasses, it can yeah. be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly we have telescopes. So the way telescopes work is that we capture the photons, which is basically light. Mm-hmm. So light is made of photons, which is very, 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 very incredibly small particles with no mass. Okay. And they heat the mirrors in the telescope and then they bounce in and then they are collected by some instrumentation it depends on your telescope and your instrumentation yeah um and that is stored on the computer now if you have uh, an optical telescope like the ones you can buy off of amazon for example i was just gonna do ask you... this like do, do, do is it oh, safe to oh, use it for basic no, okay not safe Okay, service not... public service announcement, everybody. Do not never use look... your basic telescopes to look at the sun. No, never. It's <laughs> however, you can buy filters. Um yeah. and that will work perfectly fine. Yeah, make sure to invest in a filter and then you can see stuff. Otherwise, you can make a telescope with paper, but it's difficult to explain here. You need to visualize it. But basically, you reflect the sun onto a piece of paper and then on the piece of paper you can see the shape of the sun which will be a circle in that case but it's a sphere um and also if there's any sunspots which are Mm. darker points on the surface of the sun which is very very hot in there if something's happening then you can see them on the paper as well that is a way to observe the sun in a safe way but it's not the same as like having an optical telescope with a ND filter, a sound filter, and we can directly see it. Right. And so just, just to give our listeners a bit of understanding about the, the telescopes they can get, what type of level do they need to have or what type of telescope do they need to have to make sure that they can safely look at these things? I am not a telescope expert, so I'm not okay. really in the loop. So, you know what? Uh, I think that's a blog article. I think we need to do our research. Yes. Um, Sarah, if you're listening, I think that's the next uh, yeah. one for the blogs. Let's, do, let's go through the different levels of telescopes and, you know, what can they help? Yeah, so, I'm not really an astronomer. I don't look at the, you know, things in the sky. It's okay. Um, You've taught us however, so much already. <laughs> however, no, but I mean, if you want to do it in a very cheap way, yeah, honestly, just go on NASA website or just Google um, Sun Live Image Telescope. You'll find websites and resources where you can see the sun in real time. Well, seven minutes, uh, in real time. Seven minute delay. Um, yeah, the bus, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to go there again. <laughs> um, you don't want to go back in the past. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can see uh, from on YouTube even like for free awesome. you don't have to spend anything yeah oh, that's wow, there's something different about seeing it with your naked eyes isn't it? oh definitely yeah, yeah. like yeah. do you so okay i think the reason why i would find it way cooler is because when you see stuff on a screen now like it just feels like everything's cgi mm. or like just it's like oh it's generated but when you see like and that's why i think it's so good to you know get mm. out in nature and actually experience things as well because you know, seeing through the screen as much as you know it's helped us and ai is really like improving the world mm. 
like and you know enabling us to do so much more with screens and you know i think it's really important to get out there you know take in nature look become an astronomer right like it doesn't mm. take anything just look up in the sky at night and see you know what's out there and think about it and wonder about it and ponder some random thoughts like the one that what if what if and this is the random thought that i had when you were discussing mm-hmm. this what would what would have ai ai done like because look ai is so much mm. like you know chat gpt i was just hearing about chat gpt is gonna be able to see and speak and there's so many developments going on where you could like literally send it a picture of your bike mm. and tell it ask it okay how do i lower the seat on my bike and you know it's going to tell you step by step it, it's you know ai is is really you know amazon's entering the race there's just so much going on it makes me think about what would have happened if we had ai with these mm. older missions and you know like does it change yeah um, tell us yeah let me, let me think about it so interesting question um how would I see? Okay, so but, for so, mission, yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna say, how could AI assist astronauts, like in those long duration space uh, yeah, missions? Yeah, like, I'm thinking about the first spacewalk. If hmm. that was AI assisted, yeah, somehow that would have been a lot easier for Alexei, hmm. um, because imagine you have a system that can analyze your environment, your surroundings, and then gives you hints or suggestions or just help you through the process of doing something Mm. so in that case doing a spacewalk so maybe an ai system that can help you understand what your oxygen level is and what's your uh, respiration rate or your well i'm imagining something like iron man right like where like there's a a series just like up there with you be like hey like watch out for that asteroid like (laughs) you I, I mean, if, if there was an asteroid levels there, would, going down or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but micrometeorites or just mm. some small debris. Um, this is something that we are doing um, with kind of AI. But mm. we also use AI a lot on the ISS, the International Space Station. There's lots of robotics with AI that help the astronauts do daily activities, daily tasks. And also, I think well not i think i'm i know well it's a fact there's um ai on rovers as well on the moon and mars for okay. autonomous navigation and this kind of stuff so that is truly important and i would have helped a lot also during the cassini huggins mission for example yeah. so directing the camera towards the most interesting spot the most interesting moon as well uh what's happening on Celadus? can you change the orbit based on what you're actually seeing right now because remember, this was still there will always be the the time delay between communication. So these probes, these spacecraft that got very very far, they need to be autonomous or slightly autonomous. So arguably, during the nineteen ninety seven, which is when the mission was launched, you kind of had some sort of machine learning AI. Yeah, this is what I was going to say that like. I suppose the space industry has been adopting AI way before like mainstream, mm. right? So 
I'm like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they used it to a certain. I know, but it's, it's a simple thing that with technology, right? We're, we're using phones that has better technology. I know I always go on this. It just, it just really shocks me every time I think about it. We have phones in our pockets that have but better technology mm -hmm. than the things that sent us to the moon, right? Like, so mm -hmm. I think that there must be some really good um, machine learning, you know, uh, a lot of AI being developed for different, uh, and you know, the, the amount of data that they probably have access to now, it's yeah. just incredible. It's crazy, um, yeah. Okay, so I know you've given us a lot of fun facts. Um, already mm -hmm. um i know you've given us a lot of fun facts already um what is your fun fact for this episode like the main one because you you drop the facts all the time like that let's be right no it's crazy i should stop that if people no, don't no, I love it. I love it. if you subscribe i'm gonna give you more fun facts yeah. but you need to subscribe i yeah. mean that's all, all we ask for <laughs> but the main one for today um which i i really talked about a little bit is the um, Enceladus cases, which okay. is basically, so go on Google right now. If you're driving, don't do it because yeah. that's dangerous. Uh, but Get to your nearest yeah. computer safely. Just remember, yeah, mm -hmm. just uh, go on Google, search for uh, Enceladus cases, and you will see stunning images of this water vapor and ice particles being ejected into the sky. It, well, into the the into space really there's there isn't a sky sky is an atmosphere and Enceladus hasn't got any so you will see this burst of va vapor and stuff it's stunning and we're still studying what that is we're still trying to understand why this is happening we also have gazes here on on earth so in Iceland for example and there's scientists studying them like periodically um but you know we it would be I'm nice googling it right now <laughs> yeah it would be nice oh, one day that is cool collect what's there and like you know do some science but it's complicated That's potentially awesome. it could lead us to understand more about the universe and how earth formed and how life evolved in the universe so it's so you know, same old questions I like it. Yeah, it's really, it's really nice. You guys should definitely yeah. Google it. Just uh, so everybody knows, um, that's E N C E L A D U S space G A Y S E R S. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, if you, in case you know, you didn't hear what we were talking about, but um. all right. So that's fun fact number yeah. 6048 or however many you've told us um i know a lot of the children as well as the parents that are listening to this are looking forward mm -hmm. to our next section and probably maybe they even skipped to this section because this is a good part of what we do here yes. at lunar space and this it's is where we're the experts part. right um so yeah. we have a space education activity um this one's a good one um yeah. it involves flashlight that's all i'm gonna say oh no i don't spoiler it oh damn. but yeah <laughs> okay so what can you do with a flashlight a small box and a star chart with another stuff so but that's you can build a constellation viewer 
It's it, honestly, it's so good. I've done one when I was younger and it's so fun because you can, well, first of all, the satisfaction of making something out of, out, out of household things um, and the satisfaction of building something yourself. If you're too young, make sure that you are supported by your parents or your mm-hmm. tutors, your gardens, be safe. Um, if you have any disabilities, there will be adaptations as well. Um, but imagine you can build something out of nothing and you can see stars. So if you download, which will provide constellation charts, which has like uh, the vehicle and uh, the crab, the fishes or something. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not really a constellation person. But Ursa Major is quite cool, actually. Ursa yeah. Minor as well. The plow. Actually, no, them, which I think is the same. But Orion's right. Belt. Yeah. Yes. There's so many. Yeah. Like You can download all of these ones and then you can cut them onto a small, small box and you can project a flashlight and you will see constellation. That is a very fun way to learn about the universe and how things are. You can learn how to recognize the stars and the constellation. So when you look at the nice guy, which in the UK is almost never because it rains, you'll be able to recognize them. So it's a very fun experience. That's really cool. But, I really, um, that's really cool. Yeah. I really want to do that because um, I think I asked you in a previous episode as well. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, how can I like look up in the sky and like start to do yeah. these things? So this is really cool. And like, this isn't just a one-time activity. It's something that you mm-hmm. do as an activity, but then you can use it going forward. Um, yeah. And then, you know, becoming the, the astronomer that you want to be. Um, so yeah. that's a really cool one. And, you know, there's going to be more information on our website. And as we mm-hmm. catch up, we will make sure that we have video demonstrations of someone from the Lunar Space team doing these activities, because I think that would be a cool way to help people realize how awesome they are. Um, and, you know, we may do it at a workshop near you. Uh, if you if you want us to do a workshop for you uh, in your organization, um, you know, just give us a message anytime. So yeah. as sad as it is, and they always all good things come to an end. Um, well, we're not ending no. the, the series, but <laughs> this is That's just the, the end of an episode. Yeah. And what do we do at the end of an episode? We do our too long, didn't listen list so that people know what was covered in the episode. Um, yeah. In case they want to go back, re-listen to it, remind themselves, or, um, you know, because they didn't listen to any of it and they just wanted to get a quick yeah. understanding of a few facts. But we're not ones to judge. So, you know, we know everybody's busy. But, I mean, really yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but we we want to make sure that you get the yeah. information that you want because ultimately, even if you learn one fact or one thing from any one episode, we will truly believe that we have helped towards the goal of lunar space. So that's the main thing here. Um, so... Do you want to run us through the too long didn't uh, listen list, Michael? Yep. So first one is NASA's uh, Osiris-Rex asteroid sample return mission has finally successfully collected um, rocks from Bennu, the asteroid, and is now on Earth for waiting for scientists to analyze these samples and understand more about the universe and the solar system. 
Um, second piece of news is the James Webb Space Telescope has detected evidence of carbon on Jupiter's icy moon Europa. We also discussed the first spacewalk ever from the cosmonaut Alexei Leonov in um, March 1965 as part of the Vos Voskhod 2 mission. We also talked about the collaboration between the European Space Agency, the Italian Space Agency and the European Space Agency to deliver mission to the Saturn system called Cassini-Huggins in 1997, a mission that lasted several years and gave us so much information about Saturn and the icy moons. And there's also a fun fact that we gave you about Enceladus, one of Jupiter's moons, uh, sorry, Saturn moons, which I mean, if you Google, you'll see. I'm not going to say it now, but you I mean, well, there's vapor ejected. <laughs> but anyway. And then we gave you also a, a fun activity to do with your children or just by yourself. Doesn't matter. You can create a constellation viewer, which is basically a small box with a flashlight and um, cute stuff that you can find on our website with www.lunospace.com or luna.space. And uh, you'll find resources to create your constellation viewer. This is our too long being listen. Yes, thank you Rude. so much. Well, thank you again for everything today, Mirko. It's been a pleasure. Um, I just want to thank our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us this episode of Launchpad Learning. You've been listening to Fahim Nasir and Mirko Viviano. And honestly, we just hope that you learned something today. I know I did. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to Launchpad Learning, available on pretty much everywhere. But give yeah. us a, give let us know if there's somewhere where you want to listen to it and it's not there. Uh, if you like our podcast, please just take those sixty seconds it takes to give us a rating. It really may help someone else learn about the universe we live in. Um, our aim here for this podcast and for our company is to just make sure that people are learning more about the universe we live in uh, until next time stay curious about the world around you goodbye yeah stay curious stay healthy never stop learning and see you next time bye bye